Hey, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com and also healingsuicide.com. And um, blah, blah, blah. You can find me on the web at blah, blah, blah. Um, I did this thing. The <laughs> I did an audio thing the other day. It was like a Dear Diary on Grief stuff. It was like I think it was like 40 minutes long. And when I finished, I was like, oh, I'll put it up on SoundCloud. And then I just, it's not the right thing. Like, I don't even know. It was like, it was like in the middle of several situations trying to process anyway trying to process some things but it's like that's the like the what the version that's like 34 percent baked not even half baked so today i'm going to do something short which is i don't know evidence of progress or further along in the process i actually understand something much better um and i just kind of need to process it i think i just need to share it and i think some people I think some of you are like following the videos and some of the audio things that I do on grief and I in case it's helpful. So basically my whole life I'm dealing with grief and I'm actually I've had all these walls up around my heart. Uh, even though you might experience me through my work or in certain ways as a kind of a heart-centered person, a lot of people do. When it comes to me and my own personal stuff, it's like I'm very protective because um because of these like uh quite quite um quite compressed waves of misery that are like compressed into these little bottles and shoved behind this wall and then there's another brick wall and then there's like a corrugated thing and then like a like a steel door and then there's like a a bunch of curtains and then there's like more brick walls <laughs> and then there's like a, um a bunch of like Lincoln log walls. Anyway, so it's just like behind, and it's about family issues and blah blah blah. It's about all this different stuff. And then other, and the other MP3 that I'm not sharing with you, I talked a lot about like some family issues that I'm still kind of in the middle of. But the thing, yesterday I went on a road trip. I went about I don't know. It's like almost six hour drive to go get something that I can't get locally and can't have shipped. So it's a food item. It's raw butter. Anyway, got to go to California to get it. So I did that, and um, on the way there, it was fine. Whatever. It was just like a road trip, and I enjoyed the scenery. And then I got there, and I hung out at the the water for a little bit, hung out with some redwoods for a little bit, got some creative ideas, made notes, texted a bunch of silly pictures with captions to my girlfriend. And then um, on the way back something just opened up and and where i live in uh outside of portland oregon is close to my neptune ic line so relocated or people could say astrocartography i like to think of it as locational astrology or my relocated chart it moves neptune to the bottom of the chart so near the ic and uh just for your reference all neptune lines aren't created equal all saturn lines aren't created equal a lot of times people will say to me Oh yeah, I'm on my Pluto line. Yeah, well, which one? There's a, there are four major ones, and then um, eight minor ones. Like trines and sextiles are minor, and there could be okay. Anyway, um, but there are four major ones: conjunct and angle, within a few degrees of an angle, relocated. So anyway, this is my Neptune IC line. But when I go to this place to get the butter, it's exactly, it's not a degree and a half away from the IC. It's exactly on it. So when I've gone there before, I've had like creative fugue states where I lose track of time and a day goes by and it's like crazy, all kinds of cool creativity. And so I had that when I was there, but this opening opened up in the middle of this uh, process for several years and now, especially the last few months, trying to deal with some grief issues. 
And um, a few weeks ago, I'd say two weeks ago, again, in the middle of this process, I started thinking about this guy I went to high school with. And I was like, yeah, I haven't kept up with this guy, but but we were in a band together, and um, he was a year younger than than I am. And so, so basically from like second grade, because we lived not far from each other, uh, basically this guy's on my bus route from second grade to, to when I graduated. And uh, we were in the band together in the same section together. So actually we even carpooled and gave him rides and, and whatever. And, and just like, you know, you know, he's like a part of my community, right? More so than a lot of people in the band because we like, we're right next to each other, you know. And anyway, I wouldn't cons- I wouldn't say we were friends, but we we're certainly like amicable. Um, so I don't have like a great emotional connection with him, but I thought of him and I was like, wow, I was really thinking of him, and it was a guided thing. And I look at I look him up, and it turns out he passed away from a sudden cause that was not revealed several years ago. Uh, I guess maybe like four years ago or something. So I was kind of like, oh, that's that's oh, that's too bad. And I thought of his parents, and I knew he had younger siblings, and the the obituaries, you know, named these people. And I was like, oh, that's. Too-. And then I just got really emotional about it. I started crying, and it was in the middle of all this other grief stuff, and I'm dealing with like stuff with my own family issues that I, everything felt really tender on the surface. And I was just kind of really upset about it. And I didn't have like the mediumship where the he was here. I didn't have that at all. Uh, but it was just like bringing this stuff up. And I was like, oh, it's just like a correlate, you know, it's just like a parallel to this other stuff or whatever. Like, I don't keep up with people. And then years later, I find out somebody died. And I'm like, why am I not keeping up with people? It's weird. He's part of my community. Um, and there was another friend of mine who I was actually pretty close to for several years, who was two years ahead of me, who died, I want to say four or five, I want to say like five years ago. And that did affect me. And I, I went into this in that 40 minute thing you're not going to hear, but. But he did come to me in dreams and um, had a little communication and a little like resolution. And it was really, really, it was good. But I did kind of grieve him and I was sad. You know, I was really sad um, about that. But this was totally different. So, so anyway, that was like 10 days or two weeks ago. And, um, and then on this car ride, I started thinking about, because it's Venus retrograde right now. You just think about people you're connected to, right? People from the past. Like, sometimes Mercury retrograde brings people from your past up, you know, your memories. But with Venus, it's about relationships and connections, you know? And, um... So I started thinking about this other guy that I went to school with, who was two years ahead of me, a different guy, but he was also in my section, so I knew him really well. And, like, um, my mom knew his dad and did some work for his dad, and, like, you know he also didn't live that terribly far from me. And we just, he, you know, we were just in each other's, other's lives in this, in this, uh, school social way, you know, school activity way. And, um, I started thinking about him and I was like, and then I realized, oh yeah, well, the second guy was two years older. The, the first guy was a year younger. Oh, and I realized, oh, we're in the same, we were in the same section for one year together. And I, again, when I thought of that first guy, I just burst into tears in the car. It's just like, cry, 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 cry. It, just like, it was like this torrent coming out. And this is why I'm mentioning it. Because after like years of dealing with the grief stuff and months of like trying to relax open and even feeling like sometimes like energy welling up in my body and in my chest and I have to do all these different things to work with it. 
But I didn't know that was what's happening. I'd probably freak out about my health, but I know that it's like grief coming up because it, it's not constant. It's not on any particular schedule. It's when the emotions come up. So just managing it with crystals and the Oralite 23 primarily. If I use Moldavite when I have it, it, it exacerbates it. So I'm using Oralite 23 all the time, which is for detaching from or, or not believing negative voices within you. Like Moldavite makes it so there's no room for negative negativity, or if you're in a negative state, it will exacerbate it quite strongly. This is what I've learned this year. Um, but Oralite 23 kind of connects you to your higher self. And I actually just got another batch in because I want to promote it during this time of, you know, challenge of being stuck at home and, and being at home with your crummy beliefs. Anyway, stay tuned for more of that. Um, I'll link to the Oralite 23 in the uh, description of the audio. Um, I mean, there's plenty on my site, but I got more because I want to promote it. So, so anyway, so disconnecting from that and being like witnessing it and listening to it without believing the fear or pain or negativity or sorrow or whatever. And what I saw is that, that this guy was part of my, the first guy, the guy who passed away, he was part of my life for years. And I, I, I mean, I don't know his chart, um... I don't know his birthday. Uh, I just know he's about a year younger than me, roughly. You know, in the year in the year below, you know, after me. But he always seemed to be kind of Uranian and Aquarian in a certain way, kind of, kind of a. Uh, I wouldn't say antisocial, but kind of like a, almost a standoffish, kind of very intellectual. You know, he does the Uranus thing differently than he did it differently than I do. But I kind of recognize a kind of Aquarian energy in him really intellectual, really in his head. Um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, I'm just down memory lane. Let me see if I can find it again. Um, oh, so I don't know his chart, but I was not connecting with almost anybody, and I don't perceive he really connected with people emotionally that way at that age. I don't, I don't know what you know how, what kind of adult he grew up into being. But anyway, we weren't like connected like that. We weren't like friends and like sharing things, right? But I start, but when I thought of him, all the tears came. And what I saw is that he is some person from another life as a family member that I lose and I don't know how to grieve. And this is what I'm dealing with. This is what the focal point is. It's about other life family members that end up keeping me disconnected from almost everybody now. Like, to this part of me, and I think, well, then there's another thing that happened in the car, which I think is related, but I'm not, it's definitely thematically related. I'm not sure if it's specifically related. But basically, I've had this problem. I mentioned this in a video last week. Basically, I've had this problem with sometimes being around children or people who have babies or, you know, a woman or a couple who was pregnant and about to have a child. But I have really serious trouble being around little boys in public. Like I see like a man or a woman with like a six or seven year old boy and I cannot expletiving deal. I can't. I often, if, if there's any kind of like, you know, if, if, if the, if the parents talking to the kid or holding the hand or the kid looks at me, I burst into tears. And it's completely crazy. So what I realized is 
and I saw clearly in the car yesterday, in some other lifetime, this guy who was my peer in this life, a year behind me in the same musical section, in the same section of the band, living in the same neighborhood, riding the bus all the time for years, you know, in the same social group, kind of. That's who he was. In some lifetime, he is a child of mine who dies and I never grieve it. So then the tears kept coming and I just saw this clearly, like I'm psychic or something. And I just saw it, like it was all coming into focus. But then I cried more and more because he was part of my life in this life and I didn't know any of this and I was totally shut down. And that sense of like missed opportunity to reconnect with people, not like when I'm like 10, 12, 15, 18 years old, I'm going to have such a recollection, but just like at all even being any kind of in my body or in my heart or connected or social or even just like being available to be friendly. I, I had friends, but like there's a, there's like a different thing here. Anyway, I just had that sense of missed opportunity and like, just like when I was totally shut down and I, you know, even with my dad's dad, my, my grandfather, I, you know, after he passed away, he came back as a spirit and helped me for years. And it was really important. It was really, really a, um, a really important experience over these years. And because basically when I get really depressed, he would come in and surround me, like hug me, you know? And, um, also when my dad passed away some years later, my grandfather, his dad was one of the orientation facilitators. So like one of the spirit teachers for my dad to tell my dad who I am and that's when my dad came back and said, oh my God, I'm sorry I wasn't supportive. I apologize. Let me try to make it up for you, up to you. I've told that story elsewhere. Um, my dad passed in like 2007, so it's been quite a while probably since I've talked about that. But, but, but anyway, that sense of missed opportunity, like I did have that chance to connect with my grandfather's spirit for, gosh, I mean five years, maybe longer, five or six years. But, um... But anyway, with this guy, it's just, I, I don't feel, sense his spirit here. I don't, you know, that's not what's happening. It's, this whole thing is focused on me healing my portion of the grief and my thing that I've held on to. So that, just tears, 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 just like crazy expletiving, like psychic energy, just like seeing this clearly and feeling the grief and the waves and the wretch, you know, the crying and the ring racked by crying and that, that, as I'm driving for six hours. And the other thing that happened was, real, just, I mean, probably more momentous, or just as momentous, and I, this drive felt like 20 hours, or 24 hours, it felt like the, it was like the longest six hours of my life, because it was like time traveling, like these parts of me were coming up and coming back, and anyway, this other one, and I wrote about this situation in The Soul's Journey 3, a case study. Uh, which is which uh, the Soul's Journey one is like you know the first astrology book I wrote and it's really lays out how I do evolutionary astrology uh, and with examples and all kinds of stuff but the four step process of like Pluto South and South and Ruler North Node is like the karmic story that's 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 I lay that all out there in detail um, Volume two Soul's Journey two Emotional Archaeology takes all those principles 
it's a transcription of a uh, seven-person weekend workshop where I take them into their karmic stories and help them resolve their beliefs and karma and all that. And then volume three, a case study, is 19 of my own past life stories accessed through emotions. So basically I would live with an emotion for weeks and months or years, and then I would be able to identify it because of the whole like multidimensional psychic thing. Anyway, and then I process it and I use my chart over and over again to illustrate different symbols and how they can tell multiple stories. They tell the thematic stories, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so anyway, in that book, I talk about being, um, you know, some kind of leader or elder or something of this village that gets, uh, essentially in, in, invaded and, uh, all the people die, watch my loved ones die in front of me. And then, and then I'm killed that person and that other life is killed. And I've been working with that image for a really long time, that feeling, right? And, um, in the car yesterday... Uh, what happened is that something else was going on and I was frustrated that it's that I can't get answers sometimes from these tax people that I pay to give me answers. My emails get lost. I'm not a squeaky wheel. You know, like a, a friend of mine referred me to them and he'll like text them five times a day. And so, you know, they're whatever. They have clients who have like, you know, whatever, a lot more going on. You know, like this guy run, owns a business that has like 14 employees and I'm like, you know, a sole proprietor and I'm the only employee. So I understand how my emails might get lost, but I was just feeling angry about it, trying to let it go and just angry, angry. Because um, I had questions about the Paycheck Protection Program, right? Uh, and I emailed them, this, you know, person, and, uh, there are two people, one of them's like accountant person, one of them's like knows the tax law stuff in a different angle. Anyway, I am... Um, I wrote them and said, hey, I have questions about this. I, I kind of need to talk to you guys. I'm not sure if I should call one of you or both of you. Please let me know how we can set this up. I never heard back for weeks. And I decided, and I just got distracted. I had so many things going on. But anyway, I was thinking about it, uh, and I wrote them back about another question that neither of them answered months ago. <laughs> and, I, and, and I got a response back from one of them saying, um, oh, yeah, we've just been really busy helping people with their, their PPP situation. And I wanted to write back and say, um, oh, I'm glad you have time to answer other people, other clients' questions, because I was just angry that, like, my stuff falls through the cracks and I'm left to improvise and whatever. You know, just like I'm on my own all the time, right? Just really makes me angry sometimes that, that it seems like it's okay that everybody gets to blow me off. If I have a question or a need, it's unimportant. That, that's the perception. So anyway, so I'm in the car and I'm angry about that, trying to look at this from different angles and feel it and listen to this part of me and... And I just kind of like really get angry. And then I get angry that um, this thing's been going on for over two years where I'm in temporary housing. And it's like, it's completely ridiculous. It's just completely, it's total baloney BS. It is just, I, because of my girlfriend's health issues, we're in this hotel where we can, we're in a contained space we can control. If we go look at another place, which we have recently actually, for a temporary place, like I'm, like an apartment to rent, all the smells there bother her and freak out her health. So it's like I'm stuck in this hotel, or I can go stay somewhere, but whatever. Just anyway, expletiving expletives, plus some expletives and some bitter expletives and chip on the shoulder expletives. So anyway, so I got on that track, and then this part of me came up and said, "Why can't I have a home? Why don't why am why, why, why don't I get to why don't I get to have a home?" 
and then this part of me from the other life who witnesses the entire family get killed before he dies goes like on the surface verbally vocally for the first time though I've been dealing with this for years and years and years I remember even in late 2011 Julian and I went through this whole thing where this got revealed but this is the first time it spoke and this guy goes but I can't have a home because they're all gone and I see that my part of creating this like I feel like sometimes I feel like a refugee like I'm fortunate to have an income and a really supportive community based all over the world that's supporting us right now and paying me to work I'm super grateful like I need some roots and I just realized my portion of create of co-creating this situation with her is that this part of me goes I can't have a home because everybody's dead meaning home to this person was all those people and they all got killed in front of him So these two things are related. It's like enough time, enough, you know, time spent shielding yourself from, like shielding myself from the having to feel the enormity of that pain has in fact created this the situation this scenario in which I, I I feel I don't belong anywhere I feel like I don't have community except of course these people around the world perhaps including you who support me and you know pay attention to my work and really value what I do and again I'm very grateful but some part of me has been inadvertently fighting those connections because of not being sure how to process the grief of losing everybody. If you're into astrology, this is Pluto in the 12th, and Libra conjunct Venus. But Pluto in the 12th is, can, can include quite a lot of loss, and sometimes in certain lifetimes, not every lifetime, but in certain lifetimes, the loss of everything. The 12th house is the house of everything. Another teachings I talk about is losing faith or trying to figure out how to work with the universe or with, you know, understand energetic dynamics and how things really work here in this dimension. Like houses 1 through 11 are living in 3D and house 12 has to do with this multidimensional thing about how you have to bring something of consciousness, you know, a multidimensional consciousness down into 3D, blah, blah, blah. But it can just indicate an incredible, ridiculous, you know, pain of having lost everything. And I said this to, um, actually I was on a call recently with some subscribers for, I don't know if it was a subscriber class or a level two guidance call, but basically I had put on the 12th, someone had put on the 4th, somebody else had put on the 12th, and I can't remember what the other thing, maybe somebody else had something karmic, 
karmic story-wise at the 8th house or something. But I said, you know, to the person who I put on the 12th, I said, you know, I don't want to make too many assumptions about what, what you might experience, but, but you know, when I see put on the 12th, I, I do think there's this terrible fear about losing everything so we can keep ourselves from grief or whatever. And the person agreed. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I was trying not to prize it. You don't have to say anything personal. Like, you know, but it was like that sense of like the enormity of losing everything and how we might stave that off and try to be controlling as a result. And she said, yeah, totally. I totally feel that. I totally get that. And uh, I mean, different, you know, whatever. I think hers is retrograde in a different sign, different, you know, whatever, different aspects, right? But... But that basic idea of um, that enormity, that fear of surrender, because you have lost everything. So that's just the kind of position that I'm that I feel in right now. And that part of me is on the surface. So what I want to tell you, in case this is helpful, with whatever, with whatever, like you know, deep or robust or enormous emotional thing that you might be dealing with or trying not to deal with, I promise you that if you keep it out, if you work to keep it out of conscious awareness, it will cost you a tremendous amount of energy. And so as I've been sitting with that other life self, that part of me, that part of my awareness, I've been sitting with it and I feel... Yes, I'm sad. I have these periodic crying, you know, whatever, bouts. But I'm not angry at everything. And I was even explaining all this to my partner earlier. And in the hallway, or down the hallway, a dog barked, and I didn't flinch. But I have been for year, months and years. So it's like, if I'm holding in that pain, I'm on edge, and anything can set me off. And if this the, the thing on the computer doesn't work, or if the checks are delayed, which I'm waiting for like, you know, a large amount, <laughs> a relatively large amount of money, people sending me checks, but like the forwarding order from the post office isn't working and things are delayed, and who knows if they're just lost, or, and I have to have, to have people resent. It's just fucking bullshit. That's been going on for now for over two years with this not having a home thing. Um, so, uh, I don't know what that was. It's like a knocking or something. Um, anyway, that stuff has made me angry, and now I'm like, I'm just it just is what it is. So I just want to say to you, whatever you might be trying to keep out of conscious awareness, it's costing you a lot. And it's it's backed up or it's bottlenecked in your energy field. So the more that you can, you know, be open to dealing with it, the better. And and here's part of the key of this of this message for you. Establishing willingness is 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 um, extremely effective. Like, I don't want to deal with this, but I said for a long time, you know what? I'm willing to figure this out because it creates so much havoc in my life. I'm willing to figure this out. I'm willing to learn more. I'm willing to try to understand where this stuff comes from. I'm willing to see the problem. I'm willing to get to the bottom of the family issues. I'm willing, you know, asserting willingness, establishing willingness is a trick from Jehudi or Hermes Thoth Merlin, St. Germain, the Ascendant Master that I channel because... 
yeah, what? Why would you want to? Parts of you do not want to. So honor that, but assert willingness. And then when you do that, you create a space in which things can organically start to shift. Like I thought of the guy, the guy who was a year younger than me, who passed away a few years ago. I thought of him that one day, meaning it, my guides were pointing out to me or some being was helping by saying, oh, that's the next breadcrumb on your path. Because I was ready, because something organically had shifted and there was openness. He passed away four years ago. Was that right? Four, seven. I can't do math. It was three or four years ago. Um, and I just started thinking about him strongly that one particular day. That was the day. That was the time. That was the right time. I didn't know when that happened what I'd ex what I explained, you know, in the last few minutes, but like there you go. Yeah. All right, so that's it. I got to go stop talking and see see what else is going on. Maybe there's more tears, maybe it's just a quiet night, but I feel more peaceful cuz I'm not denying or holding something out. I just want you to be clear that costs you a lot of energy to try to not deal with what needs to be dealt with what you know and, and the other thing is this um, this is the better way to, the best way to say this and, and if you're following my work you've read this or heard this in different places but it's not in the natural order of things for you as a consciousness which is soul as a consciousness that exists across time divine consciousness to retain tension to retain hurt. It's not natural for the divine love of divine consciousness to retain that. So you as a human will constantly have your garbage triggered. So like I say, it costs you a lot of energy to maintain a refusal to go into some of those places. So so do willingness, establish willingness, assert willingness, and things will organically start to shift. Anyway, take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones. Okay, bye-bye.